Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. In some sense, I think, John, I don't feel like I'm following someone. I feel like I'm a part of something. It's not a follower-leader relationship that I feel, you know, I'm moving. There's a community. There's a connection. There's something going on that's big. It's large. And it's not leader and us. It feels very much like a movement or an epic story or something. Oh, yeah, because then you get the really disruptive story of Jesus in the upper room, right, and the washing of their feet. And they're like, whoa, wait, wait, you're the head guy. Like, we are super uncomfortable with this. You know, he was rearranging some of their categories of what it would feel like, you know. And oh, I, I don't even want to quote the term because this has just gotten so abused, servant leader. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then that's got all those creepy religious associations with it and you know, just how mm-hmm. overdone that's been in the church. But fatherly care, mm-hmm. right, um, respect. I'm thinking about my grandfather and my experiences of working on his ranch. You know, he was a great leader and there was no question of who's in charge. See, this isn't Christian communism here. Right. You know, it isn't, well, let's just – let's all get together and just kind of see who feels best about something, you know. Yes. There was no question that at the end of the day, he made the tough decisions. But he did it with such kindness mm-hmm. and such humor and grace And benevolence, I think that's a beautiful term for it, such benevolence that you didn't mind being leaded. You wanted to be leaded. Tell me what to do. Show me what to do. How's this work? How's this work? You know, what are we doing today? Like in the context of like a fatherly benevolence, you want to be led. Right. It's a good thing. Leadership is a good thing. For some reason, we have to keep saying that on this series. Leadership is a good thing. Right. The kingdom operates on it. The angels operate on it. Christ Mm -hmm. operates on it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, over and over again, what he's saying to us is, follow me. Mm -hmm. We are followers of Christ, right? Not just his buds. Yeah. Now, leadership is a good thing if that leadership is appointed, called by God, and if that leadership is moving in kingdom directions, not personally contrived directions, and that leader is is relating to those around him in kingdom ways, in godly ways, as a father, as a as someone who is a shepherd and caring. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Yep. Oh gosh. I'm just thinking I'm just cringing. Um recent story um Stacey and I flew back and visited some friends of ours, and there was a church campaign going on in their church. It was a capital fundraising campaign. They needed a new building. And they had hired a um, consultant to conduct this you know, capital campaign, which is very, 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 very common, right? Bring in the expert. Right, and you're going to run this capital campaign, and they had the mailers and the postcards and the, you know, the goals and the announcements and the thermometer and you know all that stuff. And what was so striking, Craig, and 
this is where we have to go today. This is what you brought up earlier. What was so striking was he wasn't anointed. Mm-hmm. He wasn't called. He was just an expert. And as soon as I got there, as soon as I interacted with him, I'm like, oh, God's not in this. You could just tell. Ichabod, the spirit's not in this. This is a system. It's a program. They're relying on marketing techniques. But God is not here. The spirit is not here. And I don't know yet how to define this, but what we have to be able to name, gang, what you need to be looking for is who's the anointed leader? What's the anointed mission? You know, what's the God-appointed timing? Because that's where you want to line up. That's what you want to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, right? Change the world. Get involved. See things change. But only shepherds after my own heart, only the anointed, you know? Yeah. Interesting. You used the word experts and it immediately took me back to um, someone who made the distinctions. Uh, we're looking for experts, but who God has given us is elders. <laughs> You know, but there's just that drive that we have some expertise. We're looking for something that actually God doesn't provide and doesn't want to provide. Our need isn't for experts, it's for people, it's for godliness, it's for wisdom, it's for someone who knows and walks with God. I mean, I just want to go pause. Right. What's the difference? I mean, the expert is operating, not all the time, not all Mm -hmm. the time, but often, and in this particular fundraising thing, just purely out of their data. Mm -hmm. It's just technique, but it's not a walk with God, Mm -hmm. right? He may want to do this program entirely differently than you've ever done it before. Are you open to that? Are you even listening for that? Mm-hmm. And so I think the first earmark, what does a shepherd after God's own heart look like, is, well, they're walking with God. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason it was so brilliant to pick Peter and James and John and, and you know, these misfits, they were not the leadership elite of Israel in that day. The brilliance of that was they were going to stay radically dependent on the Spirit of God. And you see it in the book of Acts. I mean, they're not even moving until the Spirit of God moves, right? They're like, wait, just wait for the Spirit. Wait for God to move. Like, we are radically dependent on the living God. That's the first characteristic right there. It's not brilliance, intelligence. It's not charisma, talent, great voice, you know, great teaching style. Is this person radically dependent on God? Do they walk with the living God? Because God's favor is going to be in that. And you're going to be cared for in that kind of a situation. Yeah. And so I'm a leader. Am I that kind of person? I mean, what is it that I offer? What is it I project or bring? Is it expertise or is it God? Am I functioning out of an orientation that is a deep abiding personal relationship with God, interactive, current, true, and real, or is it management principles? You know, is it just simply clarity of purpose and steps to get there and technique stuff? Yeah, technique stuff, right? Um, pause. By the way, we had this side conversation the other day about how do you evaluate a good Christian counselor and we were trying to, you know, formulate some things on that. And it's the exact same thing here, Craig. We were yes. just talking about the difference between 
people who operate from technique and people who operate from the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Is God in the room? Do you sense that they walk with God? Are they bringing God into the picture? Or is it just clinical techniques? And, and some of those techniques are helpful, some of them. But, you know, again, throughout Scripture, what you get is God choosing men and women because they'll depend on him. Yes. Right? And Moses thinks he's something, by the way. You know, yeah. early in the story, Moses thinks he's the man. Right. But he goes through, what is it, 40 years of humility? I mean, he's out in the wilderness for a long time, tending sheep in Midian. So that by the time he encounters the burning bush, Moses is a different man. He's like, no, please don't pick me. Like, I'm not your guy. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a humility. There's a dependence there that I don't even think we equate humility with leadership in the world. You know, again, it's the well-dressed, well-groomed, slick presentation. Confidence. Yep. Yeah. Success. Purpose. Yes. Drivenness. Mm-hmm. We're going to reach our goals, you know. Yeah, I think. You go, where's the humility? The humility and putting into words. Um, I remember years ago making the distinctions in attending conferences, and, and this is true of people for me as well. I loved going to a conference that didn't give me answers, but pointed me to God. I just love going to a seminar or workshop or something that didn't give me a sense of confidence, but gave me a direction of going to God, looking him, finding him in whatever this issue is. And I feel the same way about people. There's something about a person when you sit down and when you're done, having spent an hour or two of them, where you go, I'd love to have more time with that guy because the time with him kind of stirs something deep and true that I want more of, yeah. that feels like yeah. that's a leader. Yeah, there you go. That humility, and he knows God in a way that you want to know him. Bingo. And then they can cast vision. See, that right. whole thing about, you know, leaders bring vision. Well, I'm going to say kind of. Whose vision? Yeah. Whose vision? Because the man and the woman that you're describing, Craig, they do fill you with inspiration and they can bring vision to a situation. They need to bring vision. Mm -hmm. Leaders need to bring vision. Where are we going? Mm -hmm. How are we going to get there? Of course you need to bring that. But again, the difference is did they get that vision out of a book? Did they get it from the seminar they went to or did they get it from God? You know, and that's what's so kind of thrilling about – you know, people who have spent time in the presence of God and come back and report, you know, I mean, Moses <laughs> goes up on the mountain, meets with God, comes back down and says, okay, here's the plan. You know, and they were bitching for other reasons, but nobody doubted that he had been with God. And it was like, okay, you've heard from the living God far out. Here we go. You know, versus, okay, we've masterminded our five-year plan and here's what we're going to do. You know, and you go, did anybody ever pray about this? Did anybody check in with God on these plans? Yeah. And it's just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I mean, the irony is I want to have a big and successful church. Why? Right. Is God in that? Maybe God wants you to do something else, mm-hmm. you know? And then the person comes along and goes, I really want a big and successful church. Well, God can give them one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because they don't want it. The humility, the motives behind it. Oh, God, Zooks. I mean, I think you can read motives from a mile away. Yeah. What's the motive here? Who's this all about? Who's getting the glory? 
So if you're a leader listening to this, the question to you is, is God in this? Is he behind it? Is your leadership, your vision, is uh, all that you're doing orchestrated, defined, given to you by God? Or is this something you've cooked up? Even passions and dreams, valid as they can be, may not be from God or may not be God's timing Mm -hmm. or God's location. I mean, how many people come up to us and say, I want to do what you guys do. I see the impact of Ransomed Heart. I just love it. That's, that's my heart's passion is to see people restored. I want to see men and women restored. And, you know, so I'm going to go do this. And you just go, whoa, 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 time out, time out, time out. Is God in this? I mean, love your passion, love your heart for people. But if God hasn't called you to this, you're going to get hammered. You're going to get absolutely hammered. Yeah. And, I mean, if God isn't in it, uh, no matter how successful you might be, the satisfaction won't be there. I mean, mm. there's just this mm. empty void because you're living independent. Yeah. If God isn't in it, that may explain why there seems to be no success in it. I mean, why are you working so hard? Yeah. And if things aren't going well in your leadership, you have to know God's in it to stay with it. I mean, it's that call of God that keeps a leader on track Regardless of how things are going, yes, you have to exactly. know God is in this. Yes. yes, huge. And so what we began to do last time, gang, just trying to put in front of us a vision that the kingdom operates around leadership. There's nothing democratic about the kingdom. The angels don't elect their leaders, right? Michael is appointed captain of the armies of the Lord, you know? And that's a good thing. That's a noble thing. And I was remembering all the Narnia stories that we love so much. And, you know, the, there's the just a delightful conversation with Trumpkin the dwarf in uh, Prince Caspian, and they're trying to decide who they're going to follow. And he says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow the king because he's my king. And there's something beautiful in allegiance and humility and following, like the kingdom operates as a kingdom. Jesus says, follow me, right? And there's an allegiance there. And just trying to paint the beauty of when, man, when you can find someone who is a God-anointed leader and the mission that they are leading people in is a God-anointed mission, you want to be a part of that. We don't want to be where Israel was at the end of Judges of everybody. Well, there's no real king, so we're all just going to kind of go do whatever seems right in our own eyes. We're all going to go do our own deal. As comfortable and as fun as that freedom can feel, it's not good. It's not healthy. Well, and the story of Judges where you got that is simply – It was rebellion, idolatry. It was their world collapsing. That's the fruit of that. Exactly. Disaster. Absolute disaster. We hope you're enjoying this series on leadership. You've been listening to the Ransom Tar podcast. And if you want more, there's more. Come to our website at ransomtart.com. Dive into our conferences, our 
small group stuff, you know, the podcast, the blogs. There's a whole world here. Or you can also connect with us very easily by downloading the Ransom Tart app. You can listen to podcasts on your phone. There's all kinds of resources on the app, including the daily readings and prayers. So dive in, gang. 